Hi, I'm Eric, also known as v 47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour and the Starfleet Escape Podcast. You're listening to another great Four-Eyed Radio product. For more shows, check out foureyedradio.com. It's morphin' time! Wallop and web snappers! My spider sense is tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Doug. And I'm Derek. And is your spider sense tingling? To the contrary, Doug. It must. Oh my goodness. <laughs> All right. <laughs> to listen to I'm this just show. giving it as much as this guest actor is giving I love it, it in her performance. <laughs> it's it's uh, bravo. <laughs> <laughs> to listen to this show, find us on foureyedradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. And of course, we'd like to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular patrons, Bo, Carl, and Eric, Katie, Jason, Zoe, and Bread. No, I loved that. That like woke me up. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm sure it blew everyone else's headphones out. That's the thing that you want to hear when you listen to podcasts is uh, seeing the that red peak uh, that just sits the top of that, to- the top of your screen. You want it to just like feel like full on static burst in your eardrums right, the th- right as you start listening. That's what you yeah. want. Yeah. That's what I, that's all the podcasts I listen to. I just crank them. You know, I put them into my editing software and crank them as high as possible and then re, you know, re-render them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's all it's all in in honor of a of a of a wonderful a wonderful guest performance in this episode. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, dude? We're talking about Spider-Man. I like this one a lot, Doug. This really one? Like, you know, you know how I was like wild. <laughs> You know, like how I was like, like last week, I'm like, that might be my favorite episode of the season. I do think like that last week's, I think genuinely is the best episode of the season. This one might be my favorite one of the season. It's so fucking weird and fun and bananas. It feels really gay too. Like, even though it's about like two hetero people, I mean, two hetero couples, Uh there's a lot of like gayness in this episode. It's very, it can be, it can be a hetero presenting couple to us, but everybody could be queer, you know? Yeah. There's just like, and I would, I would argue they probably are <laughs> yeah a lot of crew i mean it's 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 like a mysterio episode it's like a like a like a kind of gender swap fan of the opera kind of story like not mm-hmm. one-to-one but like similar kind of like they're obviously riffing on that like it's kind of like old school sci-fi it's very mary jane centric like i don't know it's just like fucking cool let's talk it's, about it <laughs> uh, yes let's please let's talk about it because it is one of those episodes i walked away from being like I think this is amazing, but I need to speak to someone about it. Like, I think it's amazing. I can't just this sit just with this episode. Stuck in my head. <laughs> so this this is weird. one of the ones from the season that's stuck in my head forever. I can see just, why. Yeah, it's it feels so out of place for this show, but also mm-hmm. like still fits into it in so many other ways. It yeah, it it okay, let's yeah, but you gotta talk about it. We're let's talking it, about, it, it. about Spider-Man. Do yourself a favor here. and watch this episode. 
Yeah, on Disney Plus, you can just go there right now. Spider Man: The Animated Series, season four, episode eight, episode eight, episode eight, episode eight, episode eight, mate. <laughs> season four, episode eight, entitled "Partners in Danger," chapter eight, "The Haunting of Mary Jane Watson." It's a good thing Spider Man showed up. He saved the pilot. Miranda Wilson, when Spider-Man opened the door of her car, there was nobody there. Miranda Wilson was just gone. Anyway, now the producers want to finish that film. They have two scenes left. Really? And because I resemble her, I just got the job taking the place of Miranda Wilson. Oh, great. Congratulations. Where are they going to shoot? Wonder Studios. Okay, doll. The ship is sinking and it's on fire. Anyone else would be panic-stricken, but not you. You're Super Agent Tiffany West. You got it, honey? Whatever you say, JS. Scene 72A, take one. And action! Let's have hurricane effect now! Somebody turn down the water! It'll put out the fire! Oh, no. Mary Jane! I can't believe I'm having to thank you for your help. This isn't over yet, Spider-Man. There's something down there that's more important to me than eliminating you. Father? What's the matter? Don't you have a hug for your dear old dad? Miranda Wilson? Very good. You've got brains as well as beauty. The synopsis per IMDb is Mary Jane has returned and she has taken the starring role in an unfinished movie. I don't know if that's a great idea if you've just like had a traumatic thing happen to you, but sure, I guess go for it. (laughs) But when an illusionist brings her father back and lures her into a trap, Spider-Man turns to Mysterio for help. I have a lot of issues with that last sentence there, but I think we could just, I mean, I guess technically she is an illusionist of a sort. I don't know that that's the implication that you get when you read that sentence. But I feel like bringing her father back means something very different than this episode portrays. <laughs> very true. Very true. At any point. <laughs> There's way too much more to talk about in this episode that we don't have time to dwell on the IMDb synopsis this time. <laughs> the original air date was July 19th, 1997. Story by credit is John Semper and Virginia Roth. Teleplay by Meg McLaughlin and John Semper. We have heard most of those names before, but Virginia Roth is a new one for us. Um, Interestingly, I find this really fascinating. I think this is one of those cases where, like, they give a staff person, um, like, uh, they they give them a chance to contribute something and and get a writer residual check, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe this was her entry to get into, like, SAG or something. Or, well, that's right. SAG is not for animation because it's dumb. I don't know. Maybe animation (laughs) guild or whatever. Um, So Virginia Roth... Um, the majority of her credits are just as like a writing coordinator. She's been a writing coordinator since huh. the beginning of this show. This is the first episode um, that she's credited on as a writer. And obviously she didn't write the teleplay. She just did the story. She does get a full written by credit in season five, I believe. So she does get to actually contribute a script. But in this case, she's just credited on story. Um, but yeah, I think they really just like pulled a writing coordinator who's worked with them who probably had an idea. Maybe she came up with the idea for this like 
weird Phantom of the Opera type story or something. Mm -hmm. And that's how they ran with it. And that maybe that's why it feels so kind of out of place in this show that it really was just like a pitch from someone else on staff. who wasn't a regular writer. And the only other credits that she has are as a staff assistant on Batman, the animated series before this, I believe. So yeah, it's either before this or concurrent to it. I don't remember, but yeah, I mean, that's all that she's done credited wise. I don't know what else she did. Maybe she's just quit the business, which if so more power to you, but look, um, when you make this episode, what, what else is there to do? Yeah. And look, I do. (laughs) I am curious. I know that like, Working in animation, you don't get uh, much from it uh, money-wise, but <laughs> this show did run like all over and over and over and over yeah. again, like pretty much nonstop for over a decade. So like residuals just from writing one episode on this show might not be pretty great, actually. So I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, maybe she was just sort of like, okay, I will collect that and do my own thing. I'm going to open a small business or something like that. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm thrilled to have her. <laughs> Glad you were here. <laughs> it does. It does feel like there's a different voice on this episode. And I have to wonder if, if she was part of it. Yeah. I wouldn't mind uh, more stories from her, depending on how much mm-hmm. this was like her. I'm assuming since it's John Semper and her that this is largely from her. So I would yeah, love to all, see more. <laughs> we're all speculating, but I mean, like the the, the clues feel like they. What's the variable that's new? You know, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. Well, we've mentioned him already. This is a Mysterio episode, uh, still voiced by Greg Berger. I had to check because I feel like so frequently now I'm like second guessing with all these like casting swaps and stuff. This and season, it's yeah. been a bit of a while since we've heard from Mysterio. So uh, mm-hmm. excited for that. Um, but we do have somebody new here, and that is Miranda Wilson who is voiced by Beverly Garland. Um, She is an actor from the 50s who mostly uh, appeared in movies and then in the 60s moved to television uh, primarily. She starred in Decoy, which is noted as the first American police series starring a woman. Uh, She co-starred in Scarecrow and Mrs. King, where she portrayed the main character's mother, but I don't believe is the Mrs. King in the title. I think she's Mrs. King's mother. And played Barbara on My Three Sons, the main character's second wife who introduces an adoptive daughter into the mix. Wow. (laughs) I've never seen My Three Sons, but just reading a very little bit about it, I was like, wow, they really just find like new ways to add children into the family to see (laughs) how it affects the existing children in the family. (laughs) Neat. That's so funny. So is she not, does she not do any other animation voices? Is this like her only voice work she's ever done? Um, oh, that's a great question. Uh, I, I feel like I probably would have put something if, if it yeah. did, but none of that stood out to me. Yeah. I was just curious because she's just like really good in this episode. So like, I, I mean, it, it was, I, yeah, I figured it was either she did a lot of voice acting or she did none of it and just treated this like the most serious performance of her life. And cause it really is, uh, she really is just giving it in this episode. <laughs> yeah yeah i i know i feel confident saying it was not a lot because that would have stood out to me so if if there was any any other stuff it was not superhero stuff because i usually look for that and it you know maybe it was like little things here or there but i don't really think she did a lot of it wild wild. i know right uh, the random she's like so 50s, much fun 50s and 60s actors that they pull for this show like but i feel like so people cool. who were actors in like the 50s we're probably trained by people who are actors on the radio. So like, it doesn't really oh, yeah. surprise me uh, if I like totally think kind of back one generation, 
but it still sort of stands out, especially in shows where like it's not of the era. Because like this is not of that era, but this show brings so many people from that era uh, that it feels significant. Yeah, no, that that is the radio background is such a good point. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Oh, and you know what? We get MJ's dad, Philip, uh, who continues oh. to be voiced by Ed Gilbert, uh, who previously voiced vor- vor- Vord Dormammu, uh, oh, who was no. impersonating Philip. So we've never actually gotten Philip Watson, but consistently the fake Philip Watsons have been voiced by Ed Gilbert. Cool. MJ, you got to stop following these like ghostly images of your dad. It never turns if, out well. Right? If you see your dad, just walk the other way <laughs> just at this run. point. <laughs> right. Seriously. Like, you're not, carry on. You're not real. Yeah. And you know what? If, if it was your real dad, it wasn't no loss there. I you think, don't I think like you him do anyway. Him. <laughs> right? <laughs> He's a shitty guy. <laughs> Why? What? Uh. Anyway. For real. <laughs> we'll get to that soon enough oh we must first get through this opening scene which alone was enough uh-huh. to have me fully on the edge of my seat being like what is this episode my goodness because it opens at a pirate themed fundraiser attended by the whole daily bugle crew in full costume and pretty immediately the fundraiser's main attraction which is a pile of treasure looted from a shipwreck off the coast of florida is stolen via rocket-powered piano by Mysterio while a crew of robot pirate skeletons attack the partygoers. Yeah, best episode of the season. Like one of my Already. Of the season. Just incredible. Already. We're like one long sentence into this episode, and it's already the best. I also cannot go unremarked upon that we made a whole thing about J. Jonah Jameson in a pirate costume in the 80s show. I think it was the Black Cat episode, I believe. Because hmm. he was like fucking hot as hell in that episode. <laughs> and now in this episode, he is again dressed as a pirate, just like complaining about it the whole time. In this I was going to say, I don't know that I would... He doesn't rise to the hotness level of, no, of the other one at all. No. I mean, which is largely because so he's just complaining and not owning the fact that you're wearing like cool fucking pirate clothes. Yeah. But also, like, in the 80s show, like, he had, you know, he just had, like, the shirt on with, like, the very open chest and was, like, really <laughs> making that a Different kind of pirate. Tight pants. Yeah. And this one, in this one, I mean, it's, it's funny because, like, every single person in the show is buff. So he probably does have a bod that could rock Ripped. a, you know, a shirt, a shirt like that. But he decides not yeah. to and just complains. I so. like that he wears a fake mustache over his real mustache. That's a very funny detail. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that would be such a bad idea. I would never do that to myself. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. You will end up with no mustache by the end of the night. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Gonna rip the whole thing off. <laughs> okay, silly. but these... Derek, yep. the moment these pirate skeleton robot things showed up... They're like I just... Terminators. They're pirate Terminators. That's the yes. coolest shit in the world. <laughs> yes, it's amazing. And what's funny is at first I just saw like animated skeletons. So I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then when I realized they were robots, I just, I had no thoughts anymore. I just was like fully here <laughs> for the ride. I could not possibly predict where anything was going from like 20 seconds in. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this episode goes many places. <laughs> mm-hmm. You see why at the end of uh, last week, I was like, you're, you're in for it. You don't even know the half of it, Doug. You're so, nope. I mean, tr- yeah, yes, yes. It, because yeah, guess every- what, listener? This episode has nothing to do with skeletons or pirates. <laughs> 
Nope. <laughs> nope. Uh, close. Nope. So Peter suits up, confront Mysterio. Shortly after he does that, Mysterio sets his skeletons on Jameson. Of course, you take a hostage. Uh, you make that a distraction. That's going to allow Mysterio to escape. Classic, right? Classic. Um, the robot skeletons chase Spidey and JJ onto a dock outside. I love that the entire every step of the way, Jameson is just criticizing every single thing Spider-Man does. <laughs> and like, but like rightfully, because Spider-Man, of course, runs out of wet fluid yet again for the millionth time, and Jameson's like, what so you just brought us out here to die. Thanks, dude. What mm-hmm. are you doing? But Spidey's able to trick the robots to falling into the water and short circuitings. <laughs> I'm glad she wrote down this. Uh, exchange and the the captions have a say something different too. So I wonder which really? one is real. Yeah, okay. because the exchange is Jameson says, "What if they can't swim?" And Spider Man says, "No way! It's flesh that provides buoyancy or hot air, which means you'd never drown." Which is a funny quote for Jameson. Uh-huh. The captions say, "It's life that provides buoyancy." What? Which doesn't make any goddamn sense. That does not make any sense at all. Does flesh make that much more sense though? <laughs> sure. Why not? I guess. Yeah, I guess so. I don't yeah, I know. I, I'm not really not sure really. If it does. <laughs> not really, though. It's it's not that there's something that needs to be added to the robots to provide buoyancy. It's that because they're made of like steel, they're too heavy and wouldn't float. Like, I feel like he's trying to say that they need something when really they need things taken away. <laughs> That's the thing. Also, to take away. <laughs> yeah. They're all metal bones. Yeah. He also could have just said like. They would need something like hot. Air. I don't know. It doesn't actually. It doesn't matter. It, it's it, it's all in. He service could have just of said, "Dumbass, they're robot skeletons." <laughs> yeah, it's it's all in service of making the hot air quip to uh, yeah to Jameson. That's the only reason he says any classic of it Jameson anyway, insult. So. You know. Yeah. Blowing hot air. <laughs> so I love this. They give J. Jonah Jameson and Spider Man a moment to just simply argue with each other while Spider Man refills his web cartridges. They're literally just standing there on the dock while Spider Man does this so that they can argue. I love it. 10 out of 10. No notes. Do it more. Then Spider Man <laughs> sets off to track Mysterio with a web tracer. He does find Mysterio. In a random alley, just an alley somewhere, <laughs> which is great to me. That's um, actually very. I didn't think about that. That is actually very. It's funny not anywhere. Finds him in an alley. Yeah, it, it's. <laughs> I don't know why he stopped in an alley, but he's just like in an <laughs> yeah. alley with this like sack of treasure looted from a pirate ship. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. I didn't even cool. clock with it. Like, where was he going? Should you not be on your way somewhere? I don't Are know. Going to change? I don't. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah, no clue. No clue. But that's where he is. Uh, he doesn't come, you know, unequipped though. He's got his hollow cubes with him. So he tosses one of those. It creates the illusion of a snowstorm. But what's funny to me is Spider-Man, because the whole world around him has changed. He's like, okay, let me use my memory of this alley from right before he threw that hollow cube to not find the hollow cube, but to just bust open a fire hydrant to wash away the hollow cube. He unleashes an entire fire hydrant just to like wash the hollow cube into a sewer drain instead of just like feeling around using a spider sense in some way. Like it just was so funny yeah. to me. I'm going to kick open this fire hydrant. Yeah. So which extreme. Seems probably causes a lot of damage. I mean, how hard is it? I don't, I don't, I'm not Especially a firefighter if you break personally, it. but you're not just opening it properly. 
Right. Like I was not a firefighter personally, so I don't know exactly what the process is for opening and closing fire hydrants or green. It can't be Tools, easy to close one. It, well, wrenches. yes, but also like it can't be easy to close one because of how a lot of pressure. much water pressure there is. So it probably is, is a whole ordeal to close a fire hydrant when you're done with it. So that would be bad enough. But the fact that he just broke it and then I'm assuming just leaving to go after Mysterio. So probably not telling what? anyone about it. <laughs> Why is there a fire hydrant in an alley? Alley? Like, in an alley. (laughs) Oh, my God. Also, this means that Spider-Man just created, like, a full, like, garbage trash flood because it's just a random alley full of dumpsters. Like, this is disgusting. This is a disgusting problem he's just created. This is a pretty yeah. This 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 uh this whole sequence is maybe a little bit not perfect. <laughs> That's okay. I love reasons. it for being imperfect. Yeah, it's a yeah, stupid it's solution funny. to a simple problem. Yeah, it's very funny. It's yeah. Look, the moment the pirate robot skeleton showed up, nothing it's, needed to make sense anymore for me personally. Oh yeah. No, that's you know what? I don't know why I was like it feels kind of queer. It's because it's fucking campy. This is just like pure campy yeah. this whole episode. So yeah, yeah. No wonder it feels like a queer thing. <laughs> And it starts with fancy pirate dress. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. So Spidey successfully tracks Mysterio a second time. um, This time by seeing through Mysterio's illusion of a neighborhood deli surrounded by expensive retail outlets, which, by the way, he scans over and is like listing off like, that's a nightclub. That's a blah, blah, blah. And like none of these storefronts have signs or any indicators or anything on them. It's just a black blank background. And and then the deli is the only one that has writing on it. Like, maybe that's your clue, buddy. It's but, surprisingly ineffective because I did not know what he was looking for without him no. spelling it out. I was like, what's the clue? <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know what I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess for once, Spider-Man actually is a little bit smarter than us with putting these hey, pieces together. Nice. <laughs> So he's able to catch Mysterio, turn him over to the police. And I I think it is also worth noting that like Mysterio is very much like throughout all of this stuff. It's not as usual, like loading to Spider-Man. It's a lot of just like, no, you can't do this. Not now. Like Mm -hmm. bad timing or something that sounds like a a desperation, which is very, you know, uncharacteristic for a Mysterio who loves to be extra and loves the drama and loves to gloat and flamboyant. Yeah. He's very much not that he very, this very much feels like, like a, bank someone robbing banks out of desperation which yeah, so something panicked. obviously is up but quentin beck ends up back in a high security prison where the guards make fun of him <laughs> and discuss his background to which we get an interesting flashback for a couple of reasons because like half of the flashback is narrated by the guard and it's just mm-hmm. the stuff that we saw back in mysterious origin episode it's all it's all very familiar um when he like causes the explosion and helicopter crash in a movie shoot at the brooklyn bridge right we we've know all that we know that that's his backstory that's how he you know got fired and then became mysterio uh but what's really interesting is that while this flashback is going on then it's it's kind of off-putting at first because it, it like it feels weird but it makes sense why they're doing this and I think it's actually kind of an elegant solution to get right into the next scene because the flashback suddenly starts being narrated by Mary Jane instead. Um, and she's basically telling this other half of the flashback, uh, which that we never saw in the previous you know episodes, which involves Miranda Wilson. Right. And we see that she's explaining this to Peter in a coffee shop that the film that Mysterio had fucked up had to halt production because the star Miranda Wilson, who looks remarkably like Mary Jane. She's a hot red. So much so lady, that so. I was confused at first. I mean, yeah, yep, yep. So so Miranda Wilson went missing after the accident. And it's like mysteriously disappeared out of the car. 
it's it's just it's an interesting way to like give this exposition that they're like you start with like half of the okay remind the audience who Mysterio is, but then it transfers into and now here's new information for this episode. And they're using that as they're using the flashback as a scene transition to Peter and Mary Jane. Like it's mm-hmm. sort of it's it's very clever. Like I I don't know that I've ever seen anything like that before, to be honest. And it's something that I feel like this show has to do because of how quickly it moves. Um, right. But it's it's I mean so it ends up being kind of an interesting mechanic that they use to to save them some yeah. time. It's pretty slick. Like I was impressed. I was not expecting it from. I mean, like you said, really, I don't know that I've seen this very specific way of of both providing exposition and moving into the next scene uh, in any mm-hmm. show, but I certainly wasn't expecting it from this show that is very willing to just have like a hard cut from like three second scene to five second scene to three second scene, <laughs> yeah. you know, yep. like they have no problem doing that. So the fact that they did this was like, Ooh, smooth. Yeah. Also, it's smooth. Yeah. Cause she's talking about, I mean, they're, they're, they're both talking about the similar, the same event, just like two different mm-hmm. parts of it. So it makes a lot of sense. It's cool. I mean, it's like, it's like, you know, having multiple people tell the story and just have those voices fade into each other. It's just mm-hmm. normally those people would all kind of be together um, right. as opposed to this. I thought it was so funny that at this point we were probably no more than like four minutes into the episode, five minutes into the episode. And like Mysterio has already been put in prison. Like everything that happened in this episode had me more confused about what would happen next in the episode. Like it just... Yeah. I love that. I love when an episode like has yeah. uh, somebody like caught and locked up in just a ridiculous amount of time because then I just have no idea what to expect. It's yeah. beautiful. And I don't think you can predict what happens in this episode, really. Oh, no. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think hanging over all of this, too, like it's it gets noted upon very shortly afterwards. But if you're watching this, you know, especially if you just watched the last episode, it's like, OK, Mary Jane's back. How are they going to deal with this? Yeah. And they're not talking about her disappearance at all. It's so bizarre. It's, it's like yeah. very normal every day. And you're like sitting there as an audience member being like, wait, did they just talk about it off screen? Did they just not talk about it? Like, are yeah. none of us going to talk about it? <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. But I think like I think ultimately it works because they eventually do. They just like need to get this exposition out of the way. Right. Um, And get sort of the setup of the story out of the way. And then Mary Jane can then go back and sort of comment on it. And I think the way that it comes up makes sense when we get to yes. that. I, I, I think. The fact that they start this episode episode off so matter of fact after she just reappears suddenly, I think works yeah. for how she addresses it. Yeah, yeah, because because she's like, so the producers wants to finish that film that Mysterio fucked up, um, and because I look remarkably like Miranda Wilson so much that Doug didn't even uh, know who was who in the flashback, <laughs> that I've been cast to take her place and and basically film the last. I think she says specifically there's only like two scenes they have left, yeah. which nowadays you know they would just like CGI a person in there or something, but like back in the '90s they couldn't do that, so they actually mm-hmm. need a real body, so they do need they have Mary Jane cast for these last couple of scenes that they have to film um so yeah so it's like oh mary jane has been gone for four months and just shows back up and is immediately cast in a blockbuster movie i wonder if this isn't a great idea but this is what she will talk about um because in the next scene peter and mj visit the studio where the final scenes are being shot and peter's like oh fuck because they're shooting at wonder studios which was where the first climactic battle with Mysterio happened way back in the first season where all the yes. like animatronic dinosaurs and wolf men and shit were, um, <laughs> which is a, a fun, a fun bit of like continuity and everything. Like, yeah, of course. And I think they even say like, yeah, they just like the studio 
renovated it and reopened it. Like, why wouldn't they? Just because a supervillain did some cool stuff in it doesn't mean you can't still use it as a film studio later on. Right. So makes sense. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. And this is what we were referring to before, because like Peter feels bad about all of this stuff. It's like, okay, we're in Mysterio's like old home base, home base. And Mary Jane, by the way, is this right for you? Because you've been through a lot recently. And that's an, it, it, like you're saying, I think it does come up very well because he's like, he, he asked her point blank and I'm like watching it. I'm like, thank God that someone said it. Right. And she's like, you know, well, I, this could be my big break. And really more so, the only thing that I can remember are like vague dreams. I truly have no idea what happened to me. I don't want to go crazy, so I need to keep busy to avoid going crazy. She's basically like, I need to do this crazy thing so I myself don't go crazy. And like that actually is a good explanation. Like that makes a lot of sense. Like if she really – has amnesia and truly doesn't know even where to start for figuring out where, what to do. Like you can't just obsess over that. Like you're back now, you've got to figure out some way to move on. Right. And she, she just gets, gets a big break with a profession that she's always wanted to do. So I mean, yeah. So go for it. Like you can't turn it down just because you're fretting over your like partial amnesia or whatever. So yeah, yeah, I mean, from I, her I perspective, like, what is she supposed to do? Just sit around and think about things she can't remember? Like, <laughs> right, I don't think right. anybody's going to say that's how it works, you know? Right. Just try harder to remember. Like, no, I, I I, think you're supposed to, like, do things and go out and, like, stuff will jog your memory, perhaps. At least that's probably how she's thinking. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's it's smart, too, having this because then it sort of colors any of the, any of the decisions that she makes in this episode, you know? Like, I think it the the reason that she ends up getting caught up in this whole thing makes sense when you know that like she is sort of on the verge of like feeling like she's on the verge of going crazy anyway. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, yes. Yeah. I, I think it's yeah. all really smart. And I think just like, you know, what's happening in the episode and, and outside the episode, I just like the fact that, like you said, Peter asked her point blank, which we were, we were wondering. And then she is sort of like, no, 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 it's fine that like we're acting normal. And I'm like, all right, I guess like the rest of the episode (laughs) agrees with you. So I guess I'll roll with it. Like it it almost creates this like weird anxiety, not like a bad one, but like uh, you're sort of like, I guess I'll trust you, MJ. I hope nothing goes wrong, even though I know everything's going to go wrong. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And it does pretty quickly. Because as Mary Jane is getting ready before the shoot, she hears a voice calling out to her and sees a vision of her father. Don't follow him, MJ. Don't do it. Um, She ultimately misses her call time as a result of this. So Peter investigates and finds, one, Mary Jane is missing, shocker, and two, (laughs) footsteps that lead to a trap door in the middle of her dressing room. I love those Uh footsteps. Those, those like, Scooby-Doo footsteps. It's, like, like where it looks like she, like, walked in some soot and tried. Yeah. footsteps but it works yeah. i have a few things about this about this whole sequence as brief as it is for one i like peter it makes the comment of like why would she lock her door and like it's her dressing room where why she's wouldn't like you lock your undressed. door why wouldn't you lock your door i feel like that's a pretty normal thing but then when he goes in and sees that she's disappeared the thing that he says out loud is not again and i know I feel like that's like the reaction that everyone has oh. <laughs> This man, like, is probably like, I will never stop looking at you, ever. 
I will not yeah. blink. I will not it's go like, into another room. I need to. <laughs> you need to wear a bell. You need to have a, tr- a GPS tracker implanted in your neck. Like, <laughs> I need you handcuffed to me at all times. <laughs> like it's not even you. It's just like other people keep taking you. Like what's going on? Although she also, does, you know, sometimes wander off. <laughs> she does. She. I mean, in this case, she does literally wander off. To be fair. Right. Um, it's kind of, she kind of is at fault a little bit in this, but uh, I do think <laughs> she should know. You went through it, this with Doctor Strange. You already went through. You already went through with this stuff. But also, I do think it's interesting. Back to back episodes. The last last week, Harry was also, um, you know, dr- uh, like driven and like led by uh, a sort of ghostly mm-hmm. voice of his father, tempting him with information about. A dis- about in that case Norman's disappearance, um, or actually, and Mary Jane's disappearance too. I guess tempting him yeah. with Mary Jane's disappearance to lead him to do things. In this case, Mary, the a ghostly vision of Mary Jane's father, is tempting her with information about her disappearance. So it is. It's sort of interesting that, like, even though this this it, it feels like even though this season hasn't really had that much of a plot. A, an overarching plot in the same way that the last couple of seasons have, you know, aside maybe from some from the black cat stuff. Um, it mm-hmm. does feel like just the idea of Mary Jane and Norman's disappearance has been truly this like through line that like impacts every episode in some way and how it affects the characters. And I feel like we've seen that last couple of episodes that like, that weird disappearance is still unsolved. Like there is still a lot of mystery around yeah. there and characters are still driven by the thought of that mystery and the fact that they like still don't understand what went down in that situation. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like <laughs> they're not going to get over it because it's such a weird, <laughs> mysterious thing that happened. Like how could they, yeah. you know? Right. Right. So it's a very easy motivation for me to buy. <laughs> she wanders yeah. off, but I, I, you I know, why. I'm going to give her shit, but I kind of get it. <laughs> yeah. What one thing I get less is um when Peter goes beyond the trap door and finds oh, Mary boy. Jane being led by her father over a stone bridge in this like psychedelic catacomb full of pink and blue bubbles. I'm very glad you mentioned the bubbles. For what? Because I don't understand why. Why bubbles? Why anything? Know. Why is it just I, I, a cavern? Why did he make why why did oh, I guess it's not he, it's Miranda. What but we as we find out later, but like why was it made psychedelic in the first place? What, what was the point? Well, like what I guess is the point to make it as believable as possible that Mary Jane is going crazy? Oh yeah, like make it or or just make it as dreamlike as possible because she, it's at one point she's like because yeah she is like am I going crazy but she is also like she is this real or is it a dream so she might yeah it might be like you think you're dreaming so then then like potentially if the plan goes badly she might think that it's a dream and not investigate further or something like that um, but it probably helps helps with like wander helps keep her wandering in that direction if they just make it as dreamlike as possible i guess i think i think that checks out yeah yeah i mean i i think that when we ultimately get to miranda's plan like it i i could see it being from her perspective easier to manipulate mary jane if mary jane doesn't trust her surroundings or reality i mean it's like mm-hmm. a very fantastical version of like actual gaslighting right if you can convince somebody they can't trust what's around them you can manipulate them so maybe that's what it's supposed to be but at the time i i wasn't thinking that i just was like why is this place pink and blue (laughs) yeah yeah very weird (laughs) 
Yeah, so Peter is like, hmm, this all feels extremely normal seeing all of this. So, of course, <laughs> I'm going to suit up and say Mary Jane, which he does. Um, and once he does, the bubbles disappear to reveal that the catacombs are crumbling. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Or is, was, is that also an illusion or is it really crumbling? I don't know. You know, that's a great question. <laughs> it's never answered. We like, could chalk it I up love- to that if we really wanted to. <laughs> I love this episode. There's some there's some weird bits in this episode that truly don't Look, make sense. You said at the top this might be one of your favorite episodes and clarified that last week's episode might be one of the best episodes. And I think yeah. that's an important distinction. I don't yeah. know that this episode is setting out no. to be like the cleanest, best episode of television. No. I think it's just a lot of fucking fun. fun. <laughs> yeah, it's a, this is a very fun one. Yeah. It just does shit it wants to do. And I respect it for that. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think it, it yeah. told us right at the top who it was. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I agree. Hello, I'm introducing myself with pirate robots. You get my vibe, right? Yep, I do. Yeah, I do. And a fake do. mustache over a real mustache. Got it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, like we said, MJ's worrying that she's like going crazy and Spidey's like, no, you're not. I saw this too. It's weird. Then <laughs> they whip right off. Which is nice. Yeah. Okay. Because Spider-Man did see this and can be like, it's not just you, Mary Jane. He has a theory, and that theory is Mysterio is somehow still behind what's going on despite being in prison. So he's like, okay, I'm going to go check the prison out because this wouldn't be the first time that Mysterio has tricked us into thinking he was in prison and replaced himself with a robot, right? Mm -hmm. Which I think is a fun thing to call back to. Um, So he goes to the prison and he checks, and he does confirm Okay, Beck is Beck. He is a flesh and bones person. Beck then warns him, if you were in the catacombs, I think maybe you should just avoid it. Because if you go down there, you will face your worst nightmares, which is weird and (laughs) ominous. Um, I don't even really know why he does it. But, you know, a chance to fuck with Spider-Man is probably one he's going to take. I think the more I think he really truly is trying to keep him away from Miranda. So I think he's just telling him everything he can to keep him away. Yes. It's just interesting. I mean, I guess we'll get into it more when we like run. What's interesting is like Quentin Beck had a plan that was kind of like interrupted by a bunch of other stuff. So like we know in retrospect what his plan is and that there was one. And so he's probably just sort of like weird and conflicted and mixed up about like, I don't really want you there, but also I kind of was preparing for you to be there, but ultimately don't go down there. Like just wait, don't go down there. (laughs) So that does make sense. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And before Spider-Man leaves, he does put a tracer on Beck, which is important. Yes, he does. It's actually kind of funny to me because Beck's like, Beck immediately like clocks that he's got the tracer. He's like, I see it. And he has a line where he's like, you can't trick a trickster, right? Um, yeah. Which is funny. And I'm like, oh, Beck's pretty fucking badass. I like that he like immediately could tell he has a tracer, which is funny to me is that earlier in the episode, Spider-Man also put a tracer on him and he didn't realize no until idea. Spider-Man showed up. So... I mean, you're like one. You're like one for one, buddy. And I understand I think, he was in a state of desperation at the time, so I don't. I think it's fine. I think it's fine in character that it happened. It's just funny that he's so smug about it this time, and it's like, yeah. I mean, he did put a tracer on you before, and it worked. So, yeah. like, don't calm down a little bit, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not the victory you think it is. Yeah, but it is cool. It is really smart how they do this, though, because it's sort of like, I know that you have the tracer, but I'm not going to destroy it. I'm actually going to use the battery, which is the last piece that I needed to power a holocube that I constructed from pieces hidden in my own skin. What the fuck, dude? Mysterio is so fucking weird. I love him so much. I want to see how, like, I want to know 
how they envisioned that working. Like it kind of just looks like he peels a couple bandages off of his hands that actually are like the exterior pieces of the hollow cube. But this is actually a circumstance where I would like to see how they would portray this outside of animation. Like what, what are they envisioning this looks like? You know? Yeah, my thought my thought is that he has like special effects like fake skin that is so realistic Ooh, that like once you apply it, it is it, it just blends it just blends right into your arm, you know? That's such a good call because so much of what he does is like illusory special effects that I kind of forget sometimes that he's also just a special right. like not just a special right. effects guy. He is also a just special effects practical type right. of guy. So, ooh, I like that a lot. I like that a yeah. lot, a lot. Right, right. So I, I think that, I think that's all it is. I mean, there's still a lot of questions of like, I'm sure he passed through a metal detector that would have detected that in his skin. But yeah, maybe you know, it's just we, not made can, of metal. Yeah, that's possible. That's possible. Or it goes by like Terminator <laughs> rules, where like as long as it's under the flesh, it's not detected as <laughs> anything other than other than human flesh. It wouldn't be the um, first Terminatory like thing in this episode. I mean, right? Yeah, it's all it's all this whole episode is actually a Terminator homage, you know? Yeah. So, but yeah, the 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 whole point is that he's got a holocube now, which means that he can use it to escape. And he he makes this illusion of like a temple filling with sand. Uh, and a nearby guard when he's trying to escape being consumed by the sand accidentally opens Mysterio's cell so Mysterio is able to dip right on out. That would be so wild. Like, yeah. well, at first I'm kind of like, you dumbass, but then I was like, I mean, what else would you do? <laughs> like, right, especially because like, the only knows... door you see and you think you're going to drown in sand, yeah, I guess I'm opening the only door I see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's 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 weird because I don't know, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what it's like to be in that situation because we know that the guards know what Quentin Beck can do because they talked about it in this episode, but I don't think like that prepares knowing you. that's what I'm saying. Like knowing that you can make illusions is different because Mysterio's illusions seem to be able to seem to not just be like, I mean, it's confusing not, because they are they, holograms, but they're not holograms as we understand them where you can kind of see through them. And there's like right. a, like, a lack of tangibility to them that you can sort of clock. Quentin Beck's are reality breaking holograms. They seem there seem to be some kind of hard light involved because people actually interact with the holograms themselves themselves and seem to be like impacted by them. Like supposedly like it seems like he is actually being buried by sand and can feel it. Like I I don't know how, can't explain it, but that seems to be the reality of it. In which case, yeah, what else would you do other than just commit to it and open the door? I think you know? I think, you know, I would like to believe that the hollow cubes perhaps emit like a uh, like a hypnotic gas mm. along with their like their illusion that might have you uh, like there are certain. Um, yeah, there are certain drugs that you can take that make you believe you are interacting with a world around you that does not exist. <laughs> right, right. Um, no, that makes sense. Or with a world around you that does exist that is not composed the way that you are perceiving it. So, I, you know, it might be a combination of illusions and uh, drugging people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. We can go if with I'm going to get with that. dark, you know, maybe Mysterio's yeah. even more fucked up than I thought. I'm okay with that. I mean, yeah. I'm not okay with that, but I'm okay with that reading of it. <laughs> yeah. I like a flamboyant, like, gay as hell Mysterio. I also love, like, a dark, fucked up Mysterio. Yeah, one in the same? Great. Sure. Works for me. 
I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> so, oh, speaking of fucked up, um, oh my god, back at Wonder Studios, Mary Jane films a scene taking place on a boat during a hurricane. Hey, Doug, this- remember how her whole traumatic event where she disappeared uh-huh. was her falling off of a bridge above water and theoretically okay. into water? Like, and now she's filming a scene being Garrett. on a boat, like traumatically <laughs> uh, blown, Ooh. about to fall off into water. Derek. <laughs> When I saw them setting this up, I was like, wow, how clever. What a perfect way to get her to sort of be rattled on set and not, you know, hit her mark or like get, you know, like triggered by a really traumatic event and like and and sort of fuck up in an understandable way related to her trauma. Right. No, she just literally gets washed away by water when the special <laughs> effects people fuck up and doesn't really react in any way related to her trauma at all. <laughs> do you want to do you oh, want you're my just literally going to wash her off the boat? <laughs> literally going to wash her off the boat. It's very ridiculous. And down a huge like comically huge sewer drain. <laughs> Comically huge surgery. Yeah. <laughs> Enough to like put why, a human woman, a model sized human woman. Which, why is it even there? It's a movie studio. So, like, why is it even like that? Like, I don't understand. I mean, like, really dangerous. Why is there no grate on that? Right. Yeah. Many, <laughs> many questions. I mean, my only assumption, I guess, for that is that, like, I mean, Mysterio built the catacombs and all that kind of stuff. It's not supposed to be there. And then maybe Miranda had a robot, like, remove the grate or something like that in intending what like when making this happen right maybe that's probably what happened i think that's very valid i also think that there is something to be said about the production company that like restores mysterio's fucked up like villain layer and and also not not that this on its own is necessarily a bad thing but also hires somebody who kind of like famously just disappeared in a traumatic way to like shoot the last couple scenes of a movie where somebody also mysteriously disappeared. Like, I don't know that I trust this production company. It also could have just been a stunt person apparently for what she's doing because they're filming from very far away. Her just falling off of a boat, put a stunt woman in a wig. Like, why does this have to be Mary Jane? I think so many questions for that. Plenty of evidence to believe that this production (laughs) company is not doing things right. It feels a lot like, um, this is, really real life dark but it, it mean it's a thing that really happens like it it feels like rust going back into production after someone actually died on set and they're like yeah yeah why don't we go Honestly. finish the movie and it's like who's gonna yeah. fucking see that movie that they know that someone right. literally died in like because what are you i talking know that about i know that this show is like oh she mysteriously disappeared but everyone in this world probably assumes she died in the explosion yeah like it was a yeah. horrible explosion and they probably just assume she died and like I don't know. There's probably conspiracy theories about it. They might have thought that she like fell into the river where nothing comes out. Like there's just, you know, like people probably yeah. assume she's dead. So I think that is a, a an apt analogy. <laughs> yeah. I also I do have a um a headcanon for Mary Jane and 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 all of this stuff too, like being on the boat and not really being rattled by it, you know, which mm-hmm. like doesn't and this is when we get into season five spoilers. Which, you know, if we, we warned you all last week, if you didn't yeah. watch, it's on you. I think that... Because I thought about this. I don't think... I Because obviously when you're dealing with clones, which we learn that she is... It's always, you know, with sci-fi clones, like how they have the memories of the original person. That's always a thing you just kind of have to just put your sci-fi mumbo jumbo into. But given that she... I feel like 
you could read it as that she doesn't ha- actually have the memories of Turning Point. Like sure. she probably has memories up to a certain point of when she that her she was as a clone was created or some or I guess she was created after I don't know she I don't know that she I guess. She has probably memories up to a certain point, but I think you could argue that maybe she doesn't necessarily have the memories of the day she disappeared necessarily. However, this cloning magic works. She I might not have those very, memories because very fair. She goes, she talks about in the next episode, her partial amnesia, and she doesn't mm-hmm. ever like describe in detail what it was like to be on that bridge that we ever see. She talks about the events that happened, but everyone can tell her what happened. You know, anyone can say that, oh, Spider-Man yeah. said you were on this bridge and then fell and you were never seen again. Everyone can tell her that without her necessarily remembering those events. And she wouldn't think it's weird because she's missing a lot of time. So right. I think that this Mary Jane clone genuinely does doesn't have those memories of falling off the bridge and being in that explosion or anything at all. So like, she's not going to feel rattled by it because she didn't experience it. I think that is a great, great theory. Uh, and I buy it. I've bought the yeah. cookies. Yeah. Thank you. I love cookies. I have some cookies right <laughs> next to me. Actually. I have some key lime Jealous. cookies right next to me. They're oh my fuck. Uh, are they from Trader Joe's? No, they're from Publix. Oh, I don't know if you have Publix they're- there. We do not, but there are these like Trader Joe's key lime cookies and a friend got them for me for my birthday and I uh, took an edible and ate the whole box in one night <laughs> oh, yeah. I um, and felt sorry. like shit the next day. <laughs> Eating on mic right now, but I uh, ate a whole box of these without having taken an edible once. Also felt like shit, but you don't. I didn't even need an edible could, to eat the whole box. But so. probably would have the judgment not to. <laughs> Yeah, well, I have bad willpower on a good day, so, you know. <laughs> if anyone ever wants to get me a snack, Key Lime will always hit. Favorite. No. I love it. So good. Yeah, Key Lime anything rules. Uh, so true. Mm-hmm. Um, So, you know, Mary Jane's drowning. Yep. (laughs) Being just fucking just tossed around, tossed over these like rocks and she's falling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Falling. (laughs) Okay. Actually, no, I I need to read. I need to read this paragraph you wrote. So um, she's washed. uh, And I love the way that you bolded certain words too. It's a lot of prepositions. (laughs) Everyone needs to know how good Doug is with making these notes because they're pretty incredible uh, most of the time. Um, She's washed off the boat into a massive whirlpool through a huge sewer drain and back into the catacombs. And when Peter dives in and suits up, he's like, how could a human possibly survive all of this? And we even see, yeah, yeah we see her fucking just crashing all over these rocks and everything. It's yeah. almost like she would have to be some sort of like water person hmm. or like water clone hmm. to survive this. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> do you think that was intentional? Like, I feel like they knew that they were going that direction, but do you think that they like put that in there intentionally um, as a clue? Or do you think that was just kind of an accident? I don't know. It is. I do think it is conspicuous that Peter specifically says, I don't know how she could have survived that. Or I think he is. I mean, he doesn't know that she has, so I don't know. But I, I do think it is conspicuous, if nothing else. Yeah. It is conspicuous that, that Peter remarks at, remarks at that. I think by this point, even if they didn't have all the details planned out for the whole rest of next season, I think that they know what they're doing with Mary. They Jane had to have. So I think that they have to, I, 
So it, it is it is entirely possible that that was at least in the back of their heads when they were writing this that like she's in water, she turns out to be a water clone. So yeah. I'm fully <laughs> down to give them credit for that. To me, it just makes sense. Like the simplest yeah. explanation is they knew and that's what was happening. Yeah. One thing that bums me out is uh-huh. when I watch Peter just undressing underwater and swimming away. It's a cool visual of seeing him like turn into Spider Man underwater, but I'm just like. All your clothes are just gone forever. Do you, I, what happened to your wallet that I'm sure that you had that just floated away now? Like, I understand he's saving Mary Jane. He's sacrificing himself for the... But also, like, you could have just, like, taken them off and put them on the shore or something before diving yeah. in. But, all right. I guess we got the cool undressing shot underwater. Fine. Yeah. Superhero <laughs> shows. You know? clothes i just think of the nightmare of like him just having to like get a new driver's license for like the 15th time because he keeps losing his wallet changing oh into God. spider-man dude <laughs> he's gotta just have like a dummy wallet right like yes so or, or like just a bunch carry... of like burner wallets that have like 15 bucks in them like and just right, nothing yeah. else or he's like he's he's so uh, he's so poor anyway that he just like yeah. doesn't even carry around a wallet and like he's he's always got to be Spider Man so it's not like he's gonna like have time to go anywhere where he's gonna get carded either so it's like why do why do that and he, he lives in New York and is Spider Man it's not like he's driving so like he probably right. just has an ID not an actual license yeah so actually we yeah, him drive we, a car I don't um, think we do oh do we. we? We will next season. I don't think we have. Yet. Oh, okay. I can specifically think of a time when he's driving something next season, though. Spidey so gets will. his license. Season yeah. five. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's what we've all been waiting for. It's for season for the final season of Spider-Man the Animated Series. Is, yeah. What else happens Peter in that Parker season? Finally getting his driver's license. I don't remember anything else. <laughs> Just that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh boy. <laughs> well, we're in the catacombs with Mary Jane, who has been roughed up by these rocks, or maybe not. Um, and she is once again confronted by a vision of her father. And of course, as she is wont to do, she follows him wherever he goes. <laughs> Spider-Man <laughs> also arrives and is also confronted by a vision of Mary Jane's father, which is pretty weird. And Spider-Man's yeah. vision of MJ's dad transforms into Mysterio. So I guess that kind of explains it pretty quickly. And that vision, now Mysterio, attacks him. What's even weirder is that another Mysterio shows up, in addition to the Mysterio that was also MJ's dad, and this new Mysterio saves Spider-Man, which is very confusing all around. Spider-Man is also confused. Uh, It's all very weird. But it's a Mysterio episode, so it makes sense. This episode is hilarious. I love it. (laughs) This episode is like... This episode is like an improv exercise where you're telling a story and everybody just says like the next most ridiculous thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like just fully off the rip. Like it's so good. It's so funny. Yeah. But it's also like, it's not like it's like hard to follow or anything either. Like honestly, it's a pretty straightforward episode. Like Miranda's plan was pretty, pretty straightforward is, you know, as wild as it is. Right. Like, so all of this stuff, it's like. It's pretty easy to tell what's going on. And they do, they make like smart decisions too. Like they make it a point to have, I don't remember which Mysterio, but one of the Mysterios has its, has his, his cape ripped in the fight, which means that Spider-Man mm-hmm. can tell which one is which, right? Yeah, so like, which is clever. it's an easy, clever little detail. So it's yeah. just like such a fun, very quick sequence where it's like, that's MJ's dad. That's also MJ's dad, except that one's now Mysterio. And this is also <laughs> Mysterio. Like it's, it's great. It's like, you know what? Like, you're right it is easy to follow it's kind of like when a kid tells a story and you're like you can follow it but you truly cannot know what they're gonna say next you know yeah 
Yeah. Yes. And it was yeah, all because absolutely. of this one very simple thing. And you're like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. It's such a fun. I, I don't know. It's so fun to me. Yeah. As ridiculous as it is. Very fun. But, uh, but yeah, so, you know, I mean, Mysterio saves Spider-Man, but Spider-Man, of course, is like, I don't, do I want to, I don't feel like I want to work with Mysterio right now. This feels weird. I, I don't yeah. trust you. You're like famously an untrustworthy trickster person. So, you know, but Mysterio is like, okay, well, I'm going to give you some exposition. So the automatons Spidey has faced in the past are nothing compared to these current automatons because they were built with technology from Wilson Fisk. And we flash back to this, uh, you know, more new footage. So this is a new flashback. And like one of the, and one of the, the ways this ties into like continuity is like Fisk is commenting on how Smythe used to work for him. And, but Smythe doesn't anymore, but Fisk still has like all of Smythe's old technology and plans and blueprints and stuff, which means that he can use it whatever he sees fit. So, mm-hmm. They're melding like the Smythe stories with Mysterio stories, which is like very fun and clever, right? This flashback sequence has lots of horrifying CGI, and it is stunning to watch on screen. It is so maybe the so worst CGI I've ever seen on television. Question and mark. The, the thing is, I can deal with like bad CGI when it's just like it's the '90s or whatever. But like aged the, CGI it's, it's the, is it's, different it's, than bad CGI. <laughs> it is, but even still, even still, there is also something to be said about pointless CGI. Is the thing because. Yeah. It's not like they were trying to do something ambitious and just fail at it by not doing good CGI. It's that they went above and beyond to make this CGI sequence for absolutely no reason that benefits the story or characters or audience or anything. There's no yeah. reason for any of this to be here. It's, <laughs> it's one thing to be like, okay, like this, the the web slinging or web swinging scenes like nowadays they look really bad and blah 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 blah. but like when you put it in context you're like oh actually it was like really cool that they did that and it was like really important and like early on so like i get it for whomst is this for what did this do like by this point in the series like this was not i mean maybe i'm wrong but this does not seem like pioneering cgi (laughs) you know what i mean like it's not even one of the models they show is spider-man and the suit is horrendously incorrect like it's not like they even like painted their weird polygon man correctly it's so bizarre it's weird and it's the only so reason weird they, and so ugly the only reason he's there is so fist can like show basically it's like hey you know hey mysterio like we were saying mysterio is going to give mysterio a Fisk is going to give Mysterio um, <laughs> like smites tech like so probably spider slayer tech or whatever right um under the condition that mysterio cool. must must destroy Spider-Man with it. Yeah, a Spider-Slayer Mysterio. Fun idea. I dig that. Giving Mysterio um, Spider-Slayer technology is horrifying. Horrifying idea, yeah. Um, but it's really it's a fun idea. And, like, one of the CGI models is, like, of some fake Slayer tech, I guess, or robots or something. Some ro- robot blueprint that he's showing off. And it's, like, whatever. It's bad CGI. But, like, I understand why it's there. The show's done it before. I think the thing that we're both commenting on the most that is the funniest thing in this whole episode is that Fisk needs to describe exactly Uh. how Spider-Man will be destroyed 
by this new technology that he's giving to Mysterio. He really needed to prove his point. He couldn't just say, Mysterio, you have to destroy Spider-Man. He couldn't just say, Mysterio, you will use this technology with its weaponry to destroy Spider-Man. He had to show him exactly how it will happen. And the way that it will happen is by the CGI, what looks like a Spider-Man toy, um, blowing up, I say in quotes, which is really like, it's, it's like a, it is like a toy, the limbs from a toy, just like flying off of it. Just basically. floating like, off into space as if they were not actually connected to one another. <laughs> right. Right. It's so funny. It's just it's so like funny. Cause it's pointless. like Fisk being like, I'm going to give you a robot. See this CGI robot to kill Spider-Man. See this CGI Spider-Man. Remember when I said kill kaboom. Like it's just like it's so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> the worst visual aids. <laughs> And Mysterio is like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Wild. It's so funny. It's so funny. So goofy. Uh, yeah. So we get past all that, you know, we got that that very important visual to understand that Mysterio mm-hmm. was going to destroy Spider-Man, and that's what this technology is for. Um, so Spider-Man's like okay, heard, I guess I'll help you in exchange for your help with finding Mary Jane. Um, when suddenly he's attacked by the lizard, Doc Ock and Rhino. Well, fuck. They are in fact robots designed by Mysterio. And this was like sort of the new technology that Fisk was giving was basically just to make these better automatons. And this is why Mysterio is like, it's your worst nightmare because his worst nightmare would be like all of his villains showing back up, but like enhanced because the robots attacking him essentially. Yeah. Um, The only thing that bums me out about this is that you've given Mysterio Slayer tech to create auton. Why? Why? Why does that word exist? Robot versions (laughs) of like Spider-Man's most dangerous foes. And because the episode isn't about that, Spider-Man just like defeats them very quickly. And I'm like, no, this is such a good idea. This is such a a good idea. You could do so much with it. You could do an entire episode with just that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm sure if they had more, like more time, like I think, you know, they know that they're running up against the 65 episode. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I think that if they did have more time, they would have again, made this a two parter and had a whole part where it's just all action with Spider-Man fighting every villain he's ever fought Mm -hmm. again, basically like there's a, there's a fun way to do that, you know, that they could have. And, and, you know, we get some fun cameos because of it, of like villains we haven't seen in a long time, but like for the most part. Yeah. And the, the way that I head canon it too, is that like, the plan, the robots weren't fully finished, and Mysterio is also there to help Spider-Man a little bit. So, like, that makes the whole thing run by easily. If the plan came to fruition and Mysterio was actively trying to, to kill Spider-Man, I think that these robots could have done a lot more. That's I love the idea that they're unfinished. I mean, this show wouldn't represent it that way, but I'm just, like, envisioning, you know, these, like, unfinished robot sort of almost cyborg-y Ugh, versions cool. of these characters fighting Spider-Man. Oh, oh that would have been awesome. I would have loved to see that. I mean, right? they would have had to Wouldn't make new so character good? designs for every single villain, which they could not have done. Yeah. They would not have had yeah. the capacity to do that. So I understand why no. that didn't happen, but I would have loved to have seen it, yeah. I'm going to think about it, though. I'm sure. going to choose to remember it that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Deeper 
in the catacombs. Mary Jane follows the vision of her father to an underground lab where she uh, finds out her father isn't just a vision, but a mechanical puppet. He's even oh. like connected to a robot arm. Oh. It's horrifying, actually. It's a really horrifying visual because he just looks like a human that mm-hmm. has been like attached up to a bunch of technology via his back. Yeah. It, I, yeah. yeah. It's pretty fucked. Creeps me out. I like it. Uh huh. Yeah. And he's not just a mechanical puppet, but he's a mechanical puppet controlled by a cyborg, Miranda Wilson. Absolutely gagged. Gagged. So like, did you? Because so I did not remember this episode at all. At all. <laughs> I so remembered like, nothing about this episode. So this was so exciting to me. I was like, this- <gasps> I'm so glad that makes me so happy because it is a really cool reveal. And I do think, I mean, I'm sure the cyborg part of it, you could have never predicted that, but did you even (laughs) like, had you even thought about Miranda Wilson since like the opening of the episode? Not really because like, like I said at the top, they like, and I, I want to believe this was intentional. I don't know if it was, they just hit you in so many ways. So early on that make it impossible to predict what is happening next. So I just wasn't even trying to figure out where any of this was leading to. So it truly was like the most purest, like head empty, like gasp. (laughs) Oh my God, it's her. And she's a half robot. Like it was, this episode was such a fun fucking (laughs) ride. Cause I just, everything was a surprise. Everything was a surprise. Like the robot, like the Sinister Six robots, like all, like it just, everything was such a surprise. Beautiful. Yeah. Moi, chef's yeah. kiss. It's great. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think no matter what, even if you're assuming that Miranda Wilson is going to be some kind of, of MacGuffin later. Um, if only because she's you, named like she is. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it's sort of like she mysteriously disappeared. So you're expecting mm-hmm. that to be resolved some way or like, but, but I feel like you could, you could expect so like, oh, she's like has a- happened. Between now and when they yeah. mention that. I think you could forget <laughs> that you ever mentioned her. I think you could assume that it's like going to be like a Mr. Freeze story where it's like, oh, she's in a tank and Mysterio is trying to revive her or something like that. Or you could even go as far as to be like, somehow this lady is going to be the villain or be like a female Mysterio or something or something like that. I feel like the cyborg aspect of it, no matter if you could predict everything else, I don't think you could in a million years predict and she's a cyborg like where the fuck is like just feels like it comes completely out of nowhere what's so <laughs> wild though Derek is like yes the pieces are there to like rationally figure out like oh Miranda Wilson will appear again oh this is what what Mysterio wants to keep Spider-Man away from oh he must be involved somehow but I just like the this episode spins you around like 15 times and then tells you to walk in a straight line and it's impossible. So like even at this point when she is revealed and is like connected to a robot and is like half cyborg, I still at this point was like, I don't know how this connects to anything. (laughs) Like I just, it's just, it's so unbelievable. And yeah, why is she a cyborg? I mean, I know now, but like it just is like, and it's not even just like a part of her. It's like, the entirety of her body, except for half of her face, is represented as robotic. It's yeah. unbelievable. It's, it's such <laughs> it's a like, cool design. It's and such she's a cool in like design. this weird, like techno throne looking thing. Like it's just, it is, it's incredible. It's amazing. It's, it's amazing. And I, th- 
Yeah, it's so, and I think, I don't remember if it's her first line, but it's at least one of her first lines. It's like when Mary Jane sees that her dad is just a robot puppet, she said, Miranda Wilson says, don't you have a hug for your dear old dad? In a way that I could never imitate because she's fucking amazing. But it's like, (laughs) it's such an incredible, like, introductory line. And like, you know, you know, she because she's obviously is more complicated as we learn more, a little more about her. But like that opening line is just such a beautiful, like, creepy, like, horror movie, like, like villain line, like right there. And the way she reads it, it's just like, it's so unsettling, like. Uh, just so fucking this, good, man. This whole this whole episode would be in such good hands by like a James Wan who like did Malignant, who like just and, and many other things, but Malignant specifically is what I'm thinking of, where it's like the most like ridiculous soap opera y twists, but still like a horror movie. You know what I mean? Like I'm imagining like a far more fucked up, like integrated into technology, but still technically alive version of Miranda Wilson in like a horror movie. Like that still works. Who's like kind of connected to and like controlling all these like weird robotics puppets, like through her, like, it's just, it's so fucking weird. It's so cool. It's so messed up. It, there's like it's like body horror inherent in it, but obviously there's only so much yeah. that this show can do. But like you can imagine like it going farther with the body horror and oh yeah, and something else and making it kind of. I can see like it being kind of grody and sort of like there's like more blood and ooze and flesh like everything like kind wet. of up on it. Everything's wet. Yeah. Um, I mean, we brought Terminator a lot, like the way that like Terminators will look there when the go. flesh is sort of halfway burnt off, you know, like I think that like they're obviously trying, they are obviously going for that. Like they are inspired mm-hmm. by that. They're, there's only a certain, you, there's a certain limitation with how far they can go with it, but they're obviously trying to go in that direction. And this is all, as far as I know, she is a full creation of this show. Like, I don't think there's any, Amazing. any analog for Miranda Wilson in the comics, I'm sure there are there are cyborg people in the comics, but anyone with like this backstory and this design exactly like that was made as far as I know, that was just made by this show. So like I so totally good. see the inspiration that they're pulling from what they're going for with it. And just like for the show to do that kind of like kind of old school body horror and like creepy sci fi, like sci fi horror story. It's just so fucking cool. It's so yeah. cool. Miranda Wilson has entered my pantheon of like animated series exclusive villains that I just wish I could have so much more of. Like she's right there with like the paraffinos and phantoms of the world. Yeah. Where I'm just like, you belong in more. Like <laughs> there are mm-hmm. things we could do with you that would just keep people up at night in the most fun ways. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she gets barely, barely any screen time in this episode, really. Like, it is, yeah. you're introduced to her very late, and she's not much, but yet you still get so much for her. I think between how, like, how cool her backstory is, how cool her design is, and how great her performance is, and the fact that they still, like, even with just, like, a very limited screen time, give her, like, some depth and, and ambiguity. Like, she's such a memorable character for only appearing, like, at a small portion mm-hmm. of one episode ever of any Spider-Man thing. Like it's so it's, I have never forgotten this character since since I first watched it. It makes me um, think I must not have seen this episode when it aired. Yeah, because I just I think don't you know how remembered this. I it would have it would have freaked me out. You know what I mean? Like yeah. as a kid who was afraid of everything, this show nothing on the show really scared me in the way that like other things did, but this might have. This might have genuinely like messed me up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. 
I think it would have. I, it's I think so it weird. I feel like this was like a genuine like <laughs> like one of one of those like gay imprint moments. I mean, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yes, like of just like yes. campy gore, horror body horror queen. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like pow. Yeah, yep. Powerful campy <sighs> queen puppet mm-hmm. master. <laughs> just yeah, incredible. Um, and at this point in the episode, we've literally just seen her. We've just gazed upon her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, it is quite an entrance. <laughs> yeah, maybe one of the best entrances, if not the best entrance, on this entire on show. show that we've seen so I, far, and maybe we'll ever that. see. <laughs> I would agree with that. It's very good. Yeah, it's really very, good. Very good. Unfortunately, we can't stick with her because we still have to go back uh, to the men. We have to go back to the uh, men. Men really plague this show, don't they? <laughs> they really do. They really do. <laughs> At least they're fighting robots. Fighting Mysterio are fighting robots. And this yeah. time they are fighting Venom and Carnage, which it is cool to see because they really haven't been in the show this that much, really. So yeah. just getting to see a variation of Venom and Carnage again is just fun. I actually, um, yeah, I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was like fun. And, and, you know, I notoriously like was never that into Carnage. But like because we haven't seen them and because I knew this was just sort of like a thing Mysterio was doing, I was like, okay, let's see what you got. Yeah, well, and, and you know, they can't be, they can't have the classic symbiote power, so Mysterio has to, like, augment them. And so, like, right. I think, like, Carnage, <laughs> since he can't, like, shoot out blades, it's just, like, metal metal tendrils with blades on the end of them is what he has. Mm-hmm. And Venom just straight, straight, straight up just breathes fire, which is, like, I don't know why. That's just really funny to me. It's just sort of, it like, what up. does Venom do? What does Venom do? Um, I guess he breathes fire like a dragon now. <laughs> I don't know. Mysterio ever cross paths with these two? Because he's probably just making shit up. Yeah, he probably genuinely doesn't know what they do. He just like heard about them in the papers and sort of like, oh, he just looks like a guy who might breathe fire. Oh, they're like literal <laughs> monsters? Maybe he breathes fire. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, once again, of course, though, uh, Spider-Man quickly disposes of the robots. He blows them up because since Venom is breathing fire, it means that like you have some gas, then it'll ignite everything. So, you know. You know. But uh, it, uh, he, they push forward when they hear Mary Jane's scream in the distance. Yes. Yes. So we cut to Miranda's lab, and this is where we get the story of Miranda Wilson. She explains that she did not just go missing. Shocker. Instead, she was launched by the explosion into the river, where she discovers, by seeing her own reflection, that she'd been horribly burned by the accident. And of course... <laughs> Because having your face burned by circumstances out of your control means you've become a horrible, unlovable, loathsome monster. (laughs) Miranda crawls into the sewer system to just die with the rats that she compares herself to. I love how (laughs) melodramatic it all is. She's so so dramatic, so dramatic. But but it's like it works because it like matches. It's like the whole episode has been heightened from the beginning, right? Like you said, it opened with pirate skeleton robots, like. (laughs) So, like, th- it is obvious, like, this feels like such a throwback. I mean, we've mentioned, like, gothic horror and stuff, like, yes. before this season. This truly feels like such a throwback to the most, like, theatrical, mm-hmm. old, old school, like, horror movies from the 1950s. Like, I couldn't I'm a possibly monster. be a member I'm of a society. Monster. I'm horribly disfigured. I'm ugly. <laughs> I'm ugly. Yeah, oh. like, it's exactly all that. And I don't think, and they don't try to, like, they don't try to 90s it up or anything. It's just like, no. oh, she's just, 
She is just playing a tragic villain character from a 1950s yeah. horror movie. That is exactly what it is. Yeah. And they don't. And like, I, I love that they threw that into this show because it's like, yeah, I mean, that that works in its own trope. Like it is campy and over the yeah. top. They still give her some depth later on. But like, this is kind of all you need for an origin. It's a very, very classical villain Super origin. Classic. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so yeah. funny because like nothing has happened to her except that her face is burned. Like she is fully, <laughs> she crawls away from the accident and just chooses to die. She's like, I will just die here. Yeah, like she's otherwise really, completely fine. Cause it's, and, and, <laughs> I and, and, love and it's, this. And we don't know, you know, we don't know who she was before the accident. So you just have to assume like, oh, she really was probably just a horribly vain, nasty yeah. person in yes. real life. Like, yes. <laughs> like you, you, you could just read between the lines there. Like, yeah, yeah, th- right. This, this would be like if, um, <laughs> if, um, if, if Lucille, like the mom from Arrested Development, like if it happened to her, like this is what the yeah. kind of thing that would happen. Just like a horrible, <laughs> out of touch, rich person, rich actress who only cares oh. about her looks and her fame. Like this would be the worst thing to happen to her. That would just drive her <laughs> to insanity and and pure evil, malicious villainy. Like it's so fucking yeah. funny. I also have to point out, point out too. (laughs) I also have to point out too, like, I think it is so funny and like intentionally funny. I think that like they build up this whole mystery about her, like about in her, in her flashback in her origin, where it was like when Mary Jane was telling it, it's sort of like they looked in the car and Miranda Wilson was mysteriously gone. She disappeared. And then Miranda, when she's telling the story, she's like, no, I fucking fell off the fell out of the car and off the bridge. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Nothing magical happened. I fell no. like any person would. Why was that not the first assumption that I fell? Like, <laughs> Yeah, because no one trusts that river. I'm telling you. <laughs> Once it's in there, it's a lost cause. Uh, Spider-Man's the only one and the Punisher's the only other one who knows that shit can survive. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, right. Exactly. God, it's just this episode incredible. So fucking no, guys, fun. I just it's fell. So I just fell. <laughs> I feel like I've, I've been, I've screamed more on Mike for this episode than I have in a very long time. Like, it's like, so whatever. It's so fun. It is so fucking fun. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to shriek about this episode. We're not done shrieking about this episode. Okay. Know, not even close to being done. <laughs> if you made it this far, you can take it. <laughs> so much, so much is still to happen. Uh, but I guess not that much, right. but they back a lot into this ending. Yeah. They do. Yeah. They do. So she's decided she's going to die with the rats because that's what she deserves now for being ugly, I guess, even though that's cool. Um, and and as she crawls through the sewers where she is destined to die, she stumbles, stumbles across these Wonder Studios catacombs. So that is how we connect. There is actually a connection here amidst the melodrama. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Um, she's so iconic. <laughs> so great. Maybe one of the best villains this show has ever made. Has ever honestly, done, period. Honestly, my <laughs> my favorite villains we talk about are the exclusive ones, and most shows don't have them. So, like, yes, this is one of my favorite villains from this show. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it just so happens that she's also fucking amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay, we have to move on. We simply have to. We simply must. Where, um, 
Wait, where did we stop? Okay. <laughs> so since she's <laughs> in the catacombs under Wonder, Stu- Wonder Studios is where she happened to wash up and everything and, and go to die. Um, maybe you said this already. I don't know. But Quentin Beck stumbles upon her. No, you're and, good. <laughs> um, okay. Quentin Beck stumbles upon her almost lifeless body and like tries to save her. Right. He's able to he's able to sort of keep her alive. And the reason he returns to a life of crime and like it being Mysterio and engaging with Mysterio with Mysterio type stuff and stealing and everything, it's all to save her life. That's why he was in a state of desperation at the beginning. Which of the I like, very sweet, yeah. very poetic, very romantic in a in a classic mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, yeah. I caused How- this. I will save you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Very. Again. Yeah. Like you said, very classic. Very super classic. However, in order to save Miranda. Quentin Beck is a smarter person than I think we ever would give him credit for because he apparently is like a medical and cybernetics expert at this point. Good God. In order to save her, he had to replace most of her body with robotics. We saw her. The ma- we know. The majority of her body is robots. But it's like the fact that Quentin, they don't imply that he went anywhere. Like Quentin Beck apparently did this on his own. I have to In imagine. A cave some with a box of scraps. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I mean, it truly is giving catacombs. that. <laughs> no wonder she's insane. She probably has like sepsis or something oh from my like God. <laughs> infections from because this oh. like this this man who's like a a movie a Hollywood movie special effects artist like operating on her body and replacing her body parts with robotics. Look, I know she's like the villain of this episode, but like she's also a victim for sure. I mean, I know he saves her life, but does he? Does he? (laughs) Yeah, why didn't he just take her? Why? Because I'm sure she was like, no, leave me to die. Why didn't he just take her to a hospital? Just be like, no, (laughs) I am taking you to a hospital. What are you talking about? (laughs) Because because Quentin Beck is theater. Okay. Like he is. He is the drama. There is no just taking her to a hospital. Like the only way this works is if he does it in the most dramatic way fashion with all of the flourish <laughs> i must operate myself right <laughs> yeah oh my uh, god uh jeez uh, it's fucking weird and he probably like, foresaw that he could have his own fan of the opera type situation too and be like yeah. well mm, this, this is exactly the kind of drama that i want in my life <laughs> and we also learn that like he's a little self-interested in the situation so oh he is like mysterio does not come out looking very good he, it is it you is know, poetic and romantic to a point but he really does not come out looking good. real fast yeah right right if he were so, just saving her life it'd be like okay i get where you're coming from but it's not just that Dear yeah, audience, it is not just that. It's, it's, it is, it is complicated. <laughs> I will give it that much. It is yeah. complicated. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, but yeah, so, you know, Miranda still, still, even though she's in this fucking cool, hot robot cyborg body that is the coolest fucking shit in the world, she still is like, but I look disgusting. I'm loathsome. I still cannot Ugh. join society. I simply <laughs> must become a villain. Uh. <laughs> and apparently in order to stay alive, this procedure like tied her seemingly permanently to the library and machinery and machinery is like what is implied. And, and apparently That's the she impression can, like, I got right. Yeah. She can't and appara- actually leave. 
and and the way and she's connected so she can like control control basically control all the machinery she's connected to too which is fucking op like that's pretty really fucking rad she can yeah, control I, all the robots and stuff in a building i get it she's stuck there she's just stuck there like she yeah. can't go anywhere you know that's that i don't know that's a prison. Yeah. She probably feels like yeah. she's a prisoner in her own weird robot body. Sure. Her I mean, I get hot that. weird robot body. Yeah. You made a note here, though. You have an alternate theory. <laughs> I just, well, I, I don't, I wasn't sure how explicitly they say that she is permanently connected to the laboratory. Mm-hmm. But I do get the sense that even if she weren't, at this point, it's not like she's going outside to see anybody. Like by at this given, by the time we know her plan, it's believable that she just wouldn't go out like this. Yeah, I mean, given how the episode ends, I think that that <laughs> you know valid. Yeah, like once we like, learn what she's trying to do here, it's like, oh, I mean, or you just didn't want to go outside. <laughs> like I don't know. Yeah, or not like yeah. this at least. Or it's like I, she's, I do think know, she, that she is trapped. I think that's way more uh, fucked up and creepy. But I would buy it either way. Yeah, or you know she's she's trapped basically, yeah, because she can't leave the building because that's how keep, the building is keeping her alive. But also, it doesn't seem like she's trying to do any work to being freed either. Like like you know, it, it doesn't seem like she and Mysterio are working together to find a way to allow her to not have to be connected to the facility that she's in. Um, um necessarily, she, be- she believes that they are. Well, in a very particular way, I'm yes. saying like figuring out a way to you like survive in her body without being connected to the building. Oh, just like, like purely everything... separate her from the machinery. Right. Like it still doesn't. I don't I think, think that would I... be enough for her. I don't think no, I, that's I don't what I'm know saying. that she would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm support. I'm supporting what you were postulating that like it almost doesn't matter whether yeah, or not yeah, she's yeah. tied to the lab because she never intends to go anywhere in the cyborg body, whether yeah. she can walk out of that lab or not. She just cannot stand to be in this in this body that she's in at all. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's a prison yeah. whether she's literally imprisoned or not. Yeah. Which is sad and tragic. I mean, she for sure. You know, it didn't have to be like this, but it is sad and tragic. Um, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there is there is sort of like a there is a very like classical storytelling, like even like morality tale kind of like ironic Twilight Zone thing. I put like 17 different descriptors onto this for a very simple thing <laughs> I'm about to say. The idea that the only reason she is in this position is because she was so vain that she never sought med- like real medical attention. Like she wanted to die in the sewers and that only trapped her even further when if she had just accepted like, Oh, her face has some burns, but she is still otherwise totally fine. If she'd accepted that, then she could have like went back into the world and maybe even like felt beautiful again. But so ma'am, you were injured at work on a movie set. You can get reconstructive surgery on your face True. in 1994. <laughs> like... Yeah. The incredible workers comp and lawsuits that are going to be involved. Hello. Have been involved. <laughs> like she could have been one of the richest people on the planet after all of that. So mm-hmm. <laughs> all the yeah, options. She really, like, that is, I think, a fun, again, like, kind of classic tragedy of this character that, like, she kind of, like, even though the accident wasn't her fault, she still kind of dug her own grave and, like, made her situation worse yeah. by not just, like, accepting, you know, the reality of her situation when it first happened, you know? Yeah. Um, and that, that I find that really fascinating. And, again, just sort of, like, really fun in just a classic throwbacky kind of way. Yeah, it's good. It's real good. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So what she does admit to, though, this is this yeah. is I, I sort of I sort of uh, referenced or not even referenced alluded to this. She does admit that the whole reason she created this Mister Watson robot puppet to lure Mary Jane into her lair is so that she can steal MJ's human body and presumably eventually leave and walk around, uh, you know, as a beautiful woman again. <laughs> well, of course, of course, Doug, you didn't see that coming. All uh, of that, all everything we've done uh, is so that she can body swap with Mary yeah. Jane, which it's I think is beautiful. It's just a good old body swap. Just and good also, old body swap. not even close to the first time a body swap was involved in a plot this season. <laughs> I, no, it, there was never a body swap. It was an energy swap, Doug. There fair, was a difference. Fair. Body swaps, as Mysterio says later, are like are, are, are scientifically impossible. In this impossible. World. You can exchange Foolish energies and like and, and change ages at the drop of a hat, but Foolish. and you could pass along genetic diseases that mutate you into a man spider very easily with just with one laser. But to <laughs> actually like switch, put your brain into another body, uh-huh. impossible. That can never Ridiculous. happen. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs> Absurd. <laughs> Study neogenics instead. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So Spider-Man and Mysterio arrive just as Miranda activates this body swapping process, but Mysterio destroys the machine before it can proceed. Then, despite destroying it, he admits that the machine was never going to work in the first place. Not sure why he needed to destroy it then, but (laughs) (laughs) he does and then admits this is where shit gets so fucked up. So fucked up. He then admits that he only promised the machine would work in order to give Miranda hope and motivation to stay alive, fully implying that this was the only reason she was not unaliving herself. Like, it's dark. Look, here's the thing. Yeah, here's the thing. This is why I say it's complicated because, look, if I was in Mysterio's shoes, I would not make the same decisions that he did by a wide margin. However, I do. I, I, I think it's, I understand why this character would think like that. Like, I understand why it's sort of like, he is so like, it might not, and maybe not in a healthy way, but he's, he's clearly in love with her or has well, a very extreme thing. attraction to her. And I so think he that makes it more fucked up. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think it's not fucked up, but I, I'm just saying like, I think, I think I, I understand where he's coming from, even if sure. it's coming from a very selfish place. Because, yeah. yeah, I think he wants to keep her alive for him because he loves her and he doesn't want to lose her. But I also understand that, like, from his from his perspective, he is saving her. Because if, 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 the, if, the, if the desired outcome is either she lives or she is, she lives or she dies, and that's all based on what she is living for, then he is giving her something to live for. And... It is, is it fucked up that he's giving her something to live for that is completely a lie? Yes, absolutely. Is there something kind of darkly romantic about that? Yes. Is it something no. probably selfish because he's definitely, <laughs> no. I think, I think so. I think I get that though. It's just sort of like, I, this is I, how far I, get I go. I it from a storytelling standpoint, but like, bro, we've already called out the fact that there are far better ways to take care of this woman that I mean, you there's love. That. There's that. <laughs> I think that's always what it falls back on is that at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Miranda isn't, wasn't Miranda hadn't up to this point 
done anything. Like she's not a fugitive from the law or anything. There is absolutely no reason that there couldn't be scientists and medical professionals coming in to help her at this point. Like and nothing bad would happen. why did he replace her whole body with robotics? I mean, that she shouldn't She literally happened. burned her happened. face. <laughs> that never That's, should have happened. Why I, yeah, is she I a mean, full robot connected to your robot lab, sir? At the, yeah, sir, at the what end freak of the day, shit are you into, sir? <laughs> at the end of the day, it definitely comes from self. Like it definitely comes from a level of selfishness because no matter what her protests would have been, like if he really did love her and wanted what's best for her, he would have just had her seek professional help. That wasn't him, rather than doing this, because yeah. he clearly only did this himself so he could have some sort of possession over her and power over her. Even if he wasn't viewing it, like I need power over her, but just like, if I do this, she can be mine forever. And I do believe that he truly loved her, but he is a narcissist clearly. And he is not Mysterio. (laughs) Right. And so I I think it totally makes sense that he would, he would manipulate events to make sure that she would always be by his side. And, and he is sort of taking advantage of the mental state she was in where she was so fucking wrecked by being so deeply ugly that it's sort of like, well, if you don't want to go out, then I guess I'll just have to keep you in here and make you a robot. Well, I feel even uglier as a robot. Well, I guess I will just have to, we'll just have to stay here and I'll just have to work on a plan to swap, swap minds with you. Okay. Like it's always in service of keeping her with him. And theoretically he probably would have just kept the body swap plan going forever and ever and ever stretching Mm -hmm. it out or coming up with a new plan to replace it. And the only reason that it went in the way that it did was because he got into prison. So she took things into her own plans to, to get Mary Jane down to accomplish that, um, Uh that body swap goal. So, and to be clear, indictment of the character, not the story. I love the story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, but again, if you're doing like a, a fan of the opera riff, again, it's not one to one, but like fan of the opera isn't like a first not a fucking healthy relationship and fan of the opera. What? It's pretty, pretty bad. It's all, it's all real bad there. So like the idea of like a character feeling possessive over another one and like, yeah. you know, people being kind of taken advantage of and, and, and sort of like kind of falling in love through like this, like, kind of toxic uh, 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 you could argue this is a form of an abusive relationship so like you know there's some dark shit involved in there in terms of their like codependency and the power Mysterio has over Miranda and everything Um, but at the end of the day that's what makes it so fucking interesting that it yes. is sort of like yes. this, this again, very classic theatrical, like, I love you and I would do anything for you, but everything I'm doing for you is actually horrible. Like, actually you know, super that, fucked up. That's what yeah. makes it really, that's what makes it just really compelling to watch yeah. and just like fun in a very throwbacky fifties movie kind of way. Yeah. It's a weird, dramatic, old classic horror laced fucked up thing. And I love it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love it in my 90s Spider-Man. Yeah, yes. Spider-Man is allowed to have soap opera, and it's allowed to have... It should have classic, soap opera. It should have soap opera, <laughs> and it should have, like, classic, like, old old Hollywood horror sci-fi tropes, too. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. It is all, <laughs> we, we also must point out that when Mysterio admits to Miranda that he loves her... And I don't know if this is true, but I think it it's possible 
that this is the first time she's heard this, but probably not true. He's, she's probably heard it before. But in any case, he professes his love to Miranda, and her response is basically, you couldn't. I'm ugly. Like It's just like she has, she is so focused on that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> she's got, I mean, she's got, she's got some issues that she needs to work through, you know, <laughs> I feel like. But maybe if it's some therapy, they yes. could have. Uh, yes. They could have figured out a relationship, maybe. You know. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> huh, okay, so Mysterio says, all I wish is to be with you always. So Miranda's like, bet, and free Spider-Man and Mary Jane, and is like, <laughs> self-destruct sequence, bitches. <laughs> We're going down, you and me. Yeah, I mean, essentially, it's a sort of like, I mean, in a way... Uh, the, everyone was correct in that like this body swap thing was the only thing she was living for. Yeah. She, she really oh, is yeah. truly this obsessed with her appearance that if the idea that she can never escape this body that she hates so much, if that, if, if, if the ability to do that is not present, then she's like, oh, well, there literally is no reason to live. Um, Beck was not wrong. Yeah. Beck was not wrong. And like to her credit, I think it's sort of like, I think she recognizes that it's just sort of like, Okay, it's all over for me. I don't have to I don't I mean I don't have to take everyone else with me. It's like she doesn't hold like yeah, she doesn't do like hold that. any any anger towards anyone else. It's not like anyone foiled her plan. Like mm-hmm. I think she recognizes that no that like nobody was actively trying to like hurt her. Like Beck obviously there's complicated selfish shit there, but theoretically what he was doing was for her own benefit. We have talked about that. That's not the case, but I see how she would see it as sort of like, he only did it out of love for me. Spider-Man and Mary Jane weren't trying, didn't do anything wrong because the machine was never going to work anyway. I hold nothing against them. So she's like, get out of here now while you still can. She tells Beck to get out of there, but he's like, no, I am going to stay there with you because I love you. So they basically stay together as the uh, self-destruction sequence initiates the whole of wonder studios completely Mm -hmm. crumbles. (laughs) So hopefully the, uh, hopefully all the film production crew that were in wonder studios got out of there before the whole place crumbled down, but we'll never know. Yeah. Um, everything explodes (laughs) and these two people have died and Mary Jane, after escaping, her first comment is, there goes my film career. Girl. Or no, <laughs> there goes my film debut up in smoke. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I have okay. to. That is a very funny comment. But I do want just with the whole like self-destruct sequence and the whole like yeah. uh, Miranda, you know, sort of just calling it right. I do think yeah. there is a version of the story that you tell where Miranda comes across as the villain first, and then the twist is more that she's just this like horrible, sympathetic <laughs> figure that you can make really explicitly that way, who takes down the building for herself because she's like, well, this was my only shot, and you feel like really horrible and terrible for her, but then also brings it down because she's like, you fucking did this to me, Beck. So like, if you want to stick around, by all means, like, I feel like there's a version of this story that goes that way too. And I also love that version. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that would be really fun if she just yeah takes him down with her. Cause I mean, like, you know, as it stands, it's another thing that like, you know, there's, I'm sure there's problematic elements to just witnessing people just, uh, uh, you know, um, dying by suicide on screen, for sure. essentially. For sure. For sure. But, no doubt. But that is another thing that's like very throwbacky to these very, very classic horror tales. Hi, Romeo where and the Juliet. Horror, you know, <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, but not even not even like Romeo and Juliet, but I'm thinking even like like the original. I mean, every iteration of the fly, it's just sort of like I recognize that I'm a monster and I want you to kill me because I am never yeah. going to overcome being a monster. Oh yeah, like that is a classic movie monster thing. And this whole episode has just been like a throwback to like old Hollywood and old classic theater mm-hmm. and stuff. Like, so it it it, it makes sense that. Miranda would just be like, all right, I'm going to d- die with the, 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 this. I'm going to go down with this ship in. I initiated the, the ship self-destruct sequence in the first place. Like yes. it all, it all makes sense ultimately yeah. for the sort of classic tropes that they're playing with right now. What you know? do you think Miranda's feelings about Quentin Beck are based on this episode? I, I think that they are both narcissists is the thing. Sure. So I think that it's the type of thing where I think that, you do you never watch Gar? You didn't really watch Gargoyles beyond like the one episode I showed you for After Dark. Commentary, no, I think right? I watched like maybe the first handful of ep- there isn't doesn't it open with like basically a like a five parter? I think I've watched yeah. the opening five parter. So there's a there's so it, eventually in the show there's like two villains. There's David Xanatos and then there's also Fox and mm-hmm. they are two villains who are both like very Machiavellian and like um, pretty like and, and pretty narcissistic. I think you could argue. Um, and they eventually get together. Like they have a romance and it's like a really cool romance because they say at one point, I think when Xanatos proposes to Fox, um, he's like, I believe we love each other as much as two people like us can love each other. <laughs> and I remember, but, but it, like, and I think that it's sort of the same thing, which is sort of like, yeah. I think they're both narcissists. I think they, I think that they, to a certain extent, I think they recognize that about themselves. I don't think either of them would ever be in a real relationship where they really love. So I think that the love that they share for each other is the the most that the two of people like them could love, where it's sort of like probably a mutual respect, a, a codependence that they have on each other, sure. you know, and realizing that like they need each other and realizing that, that they have done things for each other, but like in a transactional way, right? Like, you know, Miranda like is, is present in, 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 in Quentin and giving him like something, giving him a person to love essentially in yeah. exchange for Quentin, like saving her life. And Quentin like did all this stuff for Miranda, but in exchange for having a person in his life to love and sort of have ownership yeah. over. Right. So like, and I think that they both are smart enough to recognize that. And I think they're both vain enough and theatrical enough to recognize that. So like, I think they love each other in the way that they can love each other. And I don't think that they have any, I don't think that either of them would have any doubts about it. Like, I don't think that she would hold hostility for over him. She probably thinks it's, she probably thinks pretty highly of Quentin for having been able to pull the whole body swap thing over on her. Like, it's like, Mm. well, you know what? Fucking good, good, uh, good play, man. Like you really played me. Like, like I I feel like there's a mutual risk. Yeah, like a mutual respect kind of thing. I feel like it's probably what it is. Okay. Again, it's based on like very little screen time for her. Sure, but sure, like, sure. It doesn't seem like she's holding hostility at the end of it, but it also doesn't seem like she's like, I love you so much, Clinton. It's just more like, damn, it sucks that you did that, but I guess I got to die now. It's cool that you're with me, at least so I'm not alone. Like, that's kind of what it feels like. You know what okay. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's a good calibration because like it's hard for me not to focus on just like how fucked up what Quentin Beck did was, but it's I need to I need to remember like she is not a good person and it's no, more yeah. fun if the two of them have as much agency as either one of them can have and have that sort of weird codependency where like they mm-hmm. are they are entangled with each other but they don't necessarily 
Like they might respect each other uh, from a certain degree, but also probably hold resentment towards each other at the same time. Um, yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I, I, that is way. She is way more fun that way. That is a hundred percent sure. Like for sure. Um, yeah. So and I, I think like too, that like, a lot better. There, there is a version that I, I'm think. The more I think about it, is a worse version. Still a compelling version, but a worse version where that isn't the case. And I like, I like what you are saying and how you are describing and how you um, saw this episode way better than yeah. that other alternate version. I think there's a version of it where she's more of a victim and more sympathetic and stuff like that. But I think that this episode, it's sort of like, she's a villain. She's not a good person. She clearly was not a good person. If she, the decisions that she makes. I don't think the episode is interested in not making her a villain. That is for sure. She is like, she is a sympathetic villain, but she is still a villain through and through in the same way that Mysterio is. So like, I, and I, I think that that's, and that's what makes like villain couples fun because like they have to be fucked up to be like costume villains with these complicated plans in the first place to, to try to pin them together, which I don't know that we've really seen that on this show. We've never seen like a villain romance on this show before. So like, it's fun to see that play out in this way with like the most theatrical flamboyant villain, on the entire oh, yeah. show, too. I think that that makes a big difference. Well, we so, said at the top, yeah. neither one of these are straight people. There's just simply no way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they ever, if they did somehow survive this explosion and decided and decided to somehow move on, they would be, they would be in, in the most open relationship. They would not have a label on what their relationship is. They would probably never, they would probably never say they're in a relationship. They would just fuck right. each other. They would be have their hot robot sex. If they would yeah. even fuck each other, I would argue. But that's like, true. That's true. That's true. But yeah. but they, I still would feel like they are inseparable. Like you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. It's they're they're fascinating to me. They they are fascinating. Yeah. Right. I agree. Uh, <laughs> imagine imagine well, the well, conversations. <laughs> yeah, I would like to believe that they survived just because it would be fun to see them to imagine them doing wild villain shit together. <laughs> like oh she, she, they get over their individual issues. And Miranda's like, I can walk around in this hot robot body. Okay. Like it would be really fun and cool. Um, I, but I, I want that, but I don't want them to be over their issues. I want their issues to be present through and through. <laughs> I want yeah. them to be fucked up. <laughs> so we've still got ever so little bit left. So Spider-Man swings over to a nearby rooftop with Mary Jane, who has just lamented that there goes her film debut, like you said, uh, the ever-sensitive Mary Jane Watson, and tells yeah, right. her <laughs> that he thinks it was uh, totally chill for Mysterio to lead Miranda on because it gave her hope, and hope is all that kept him going after Mary Jane got sucked into an interdimensional limbo. You I know, understand the connect. I understand I, the connection he's making. I understand yeah. the connection he's making. I wouldn't advise him to share that (laughs) Uh, especially after she was like isn't that kind of fucked up but I don't know they're having a conversation I guess (laughs) yeah I mean it's good I think it's I think it is good that they're being honest about their feelings um I think it's I think it's good that they're being honest about their feelings because it's better it's better that she knows I just think it's a weird thing for him to be like, no, it was totally cool for him to lie to her about that type of stuff. I, I, th- maybe this is, maybe this is me. I just, I hate, there's so much media where like a guy lies to the woman he either has a crush on or loves to like spare her like emotional pain. Sure. I hate that shit. Yeah. So <laughs> in their case, yeah. it, there was like way more stuff going on. It's more when Peter's like, yeah, no, that's, 
that's cool though because he was like protecting her feelings i'm like oh fuck off, yeah man. it's like well i do that too and it's like well maybe it wasn't maybe you shouldn't be doing it to either <laughs> oh so what you're fair, saying is you're identifying with mysterio <laughs> should we right. examine that my friend <laughs> yeah it also is like sort of weird because it's like He's he's referring it to like hope that he needed for Mary Jane to be alive. It's like it's not the same. It's really not comparable at all. Like they're it's both hope in the broadest terms, but like Quentin giving Miranda false hope. False hope is different versus, than him holding on to hope. Right on his own. <laughs> right, it's a weird connection. Like I understand why they make the connection because they're trying to to segue into the next conversation, but like yeah, totally. it is just sort of it's it's it is it, it it doesn't really line up. So and I think you know Mary Jane should be like, this feels like a red flag, but all right. And I think also <laughs> I think you could argue that it's just Peter isn't really isn't even thinking about the actual situation. He really truly is thinking specifically yeah. about his situation with Mary Jane, not even really thinking deeply into what just happened. Um because no I mean, Peter like, is good at all, this conversation. No Peter's right, handling no, this conversation well. For real. And, and, and to be fair, like Peter did just get Mary Jane back from a disappearance, almost lost her again, which he says as much, you know? So like, I, it, it, it makes sense. He's just going to be in the state where he's sort of unusually shaken up by everything that just happened, which I think makes sense to why he makes a pretty kind of impulsive decision in the scene. um, That is a big decision too. Yeah. He's essentially being like, there's no length I wouldn't go to, to like, (laughs) have you with me right so like yes it does make sense he would identify with mysterio's desire to go to any length to keep miranda around um i think that that part makes sense i like mary jane's instant reactions though the entire time as spider-man's talking to her she's like uh okay (laughs) like the entire time it's really well acted (laughs) right because spider-man not peter parker Spider-Man is telling Mary Jane Watson that the only thing that kept him, Spider-Man, going was hope that she was still alive or that he would find her once again. And then he goes on to say, this is all because I care about you so much. And she's like, like you were saying, uh, okay, (laughs) because it's Spider-Man, not Peter Parker. And then she goes, okay, that's cool. But like, I'm in love with Peter Parker and so the any lengths he would go to includes now unmasking himself in front of Mary Jane uh, and her reacting to be continued, baby. <laughs> yep. What a wild way to end an episode. Yeah, it's a good cliffhanger. It's, <laughs> it's very good. I mean, we've gotten to yeah. be continued before. This is probably the best one, if yeah, not I mean, definitively is, the best one. And it's one of those things where like it. It feels out of nowhere, but it also makes sense in the context of everything that has happened up to this point, too. That yeah. Like, it, it makes sense that this would be the moment where he's just sort of like, enough is enough. Right. At <laughs> the end of the, thing off. Yeah. At the end of the first episode where she is back and he almost loses her like several times. Yeah. Several it makes sense. Times. It makes sense. This makes way more sense than any, anything he said leading up to this moment. <laughs> anything he said <laughs> waiting for her to return. Like, this is this makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah. I get it, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, to be continued. Uh, I feel nice. like we haven't seen one of those in a while, or at least one that really no. felt like it. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's definitely been a while since it's been like a, a really good to be continued. Right. Genuine cliffhanger. Um, yeah, God, what an episode. God, we've been recording for a pretty long time, too. Because this shit is um, wild, my friend. Yeah. This shit is wild. Yeah. Epitomized by this fucking wild-ass face. We talked about the CGI, right? And I, I complained about the Spider-Man CGI. Th- this is 
deadass, Derek, I think the scariest face we've ever encountered on any show we've ever talked about. This is genuine nightmare fuel. I will have nightmares about this. Like, this is horrifying. The face of the... Yes, the face of the Spider-Man CGI model is just a man with a fully rendered like nose and lips but not fully rendered eyes because it's spider-man but they're not spider-man's eyes they're just like vaguely sort of spider-man eye shaped things that are over this fully rendered faces eyes it's it's awful also all the webs are completely fucked up and make no sense it's just like someone scribbled on a red morph suit and i hate it Tangled mess. What his, is this? Who's responsible for this? I need names. <laughs> Someone who never working in this town again. Never. It's it's yeah. It's it's uh it's hilarious. It's so bad. This is the shit that you would wake up in the middle of the night and think you see at the end of your bed. It's so bad. <laughs> this is like the Hat Man that I that when uh, I take too much Benadryl, except it's in this face instead. Do you see the Hat Man? No, I don't see the Hat oh. Man. I just, I'm just I'm just. Damn. Quoting I was gonna say I'm a little internet. bit excited. I would have been I would have been genuinely excited. I wish I no. If, when I take too much Benadryl, I just like get tired, fall asleep, and then feel groggy when I wake up the next morning. Damn. I would rather see the Hat Man. That would be <laughs> way more interesting. That wouldn't have the same like physical, like long lasting right. physical right. effect. Right. <laughs> it would be like scary and traumatic for the moment that I'm yeah. there, and then it's like, well, now I have a cool story when I'm lucid again. So that's yeah. fun. Uh. <laughs> Anyway, um, this episode is wild. This face is wild. Yeah. Everything about this is wild. And it all started with fucking robot skeleton pirates. And here we are two hours yeah. later. Like, what? What? Bruh. This season has given us... It's Everything. given us Miriam, Miriam the Vampire. Oh. And it's given us... And it's given us, um, um, oh my God, why am I, Miranda, Miranda. Yeah. Well, because Miriam Miranda, and Miranda uh, are remarkably similar. So like. that's, that's why it threw me off. I was like, it's giving us Miriam and it's giving us Miriam. Wait, I already said that. Hold on. <laughs> like it's, yeah. Um, it's giving us uh, Miriam and it's, Wait, given, and it's given us Miranda Wilson. Hadn't we just talked about how like this show didn't do female villains like at all. And now we've up until this season. Two yeah. In, uh, in like two and three weeks, basically. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's pretty incredible. I like it. And then and then, you know, spoiler, the next episode is very like woman character centric too. So mm-hmm. like and this is the season with Black Cat. I feel like there's something intentional happening this season. Um and <laughs> Spider-Man also, the animated series season four presents women. <laughs> women. Finally. Women. Finally. Finally. <laughs> and we also like got Liz, like who's actually doing stuff. Uh-huh. Like Deborah has popped up here and there. Season. Terry Lee has returned on a couple occasions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not even in a series, colon, women, finally. That's the <laughs> subtitle for the season. Yeah. But it's also like, it does feel intentional. It also is sort of like, mm, I feel like I always remember reading that this is like people's least favorite season or like least like season or like least good season or whatever. And it's the like, thing mm, is, well, it's the one with all the women. That makes a lot of well, sense, doesn't okay. it? That is, that is a, that is a, that is definitely worth pointing out because I was about to say, like, I do kind of get it, though, because like, yeah, on There's an individual an like week to week season. basis, we are thrilled most of the time. 
But like, yeah, I don't know that this season so far, and we're very close to the end of it, has left like mm-hmm. an overarching sort of impression as a whole. So when you don't yeah. have something like that sort of grasp on as the identity of the season, and you and I will have that, but it won't be the overarching identity. It'll be like the season where every week we were like shocked, appalled, and like gagging. Like uh, yeah. that's different than like an overarching thematic through line, you know? Yeah, or the, even the just a literal e- serialized story. <laughs> the ep- the downside to every episode being pretty radically different from the last one in like every way yeah. is that it doesn't feel like a cohesive season of TV, which it doesn't need to be. But the show set the president, the president, nope, the show set the precedent <laughs> in in season two and three that it was going to carry like heavy serialization and mm-hmm. like you know art in art arc storytelling and like heavy you know heavy themes. And this one is still has the parent the parent. Oh my god. I can't talk anymore. Not parents in danger, partners in danger, <laughs> moniker for the for the season. So it still is, you know, you're you're still going in the ex- with the expectation that it's going to continue that type of arc storytelling, and it just hasn't done that. You right. know, there's thematic stuff. There are certainly thematic things that you can pull throughout it, and like. You could argue like Black Cat was Spider-Man's partner for the first half and now Mary Jane is his partner for the second half. There's your partners in danger. Like, but beyond that, like there really isn't a a, a pretty, a significant theme, you know? Um, I I will be excited to get to the end of the season and sort of like look through each episode and see, you know, can we identify partners in danger, whether that's literally in danger or partners in danger in the same way you would say partners in crime, right? Because right. like this mm-hmm. episode, yeah, there's like Mary Jane's return, but also like Mysterio and Miranda are the partners in danger. That's you know what I mean? True. So there it'll be interesting. Couple, yeah. Right. It'll be interesting to look back and see who all those couples were. Because last week, I didn't, I don't think I talked about this, but I was thinking like, what is this what is this season name even mean at this point? So I've I've had it on my mind. Um yeah, and, and same. I'm excited to 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 get to that once we've seen every episode. Yeah, that'll definitely be a good conversation to have at the yeah. end of the, at the end of the season, which is very close, but but all that was to say, yeah, I I also can see why people wouldn't consider this among the best or among their favorites just because it's not really the same, mm-hmm. but on an individual episodic Dude. basis, the season Dude. is like just giving so much fun cool it's shit giving. every single week it's giving it's giving it is serving every every gay term for doing moment. cool things it is the moment um god what else is there i mean there's so many i'm sure yeah yeah uh but yeah yeah it's good it's good shit man uh well we we simply cannot talk about this episode more we simply must stop <laughs> We need to stop. It's so it long. is time. It is that time for me to mention that we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash walloping web snappers. If you are sitting here thinking, no, do not stop talking. Well, don't worry. There's plenty of us doing that over on Patreon. Go, go get that. There's so much stuff over there. Um, go- <laughs> Absolutely. No one is thinking, please don't stop talking. No <laughs> one's ever thought that. No one's ever said that to us. <laughs> But if you if you are the one, uh, go to patreon.com slash wallopingwebsnappers. And if you are everybody else, also go to patreon.com slash wallopingwebsnappers. And check out our Discord. There is a link in the show notes where you can talk to us and other listeners um, about the show or whatever you want. Uh, you also can find Derek and me all over the place on the internet. Derek, where can people find you and the things you're working on? This is why we have to stop talking because neither one of us can talk yeah, anymore. it's really bad. It's really bad. We still got another episode to record. Oh. You can find me on Twitter. 
Twitter at Derek B. Gale. Um, if Twitter uh, does not exist or is in some weird form, you can just Google me and find me. I'm on every other social media platform under some kind of name somewhere. Go. You can also find my podcast Gimmicks, which looks at the high concept, experimental, structure-breaking, gimmicky episodes of television with my co-host David. Uh, and you can find that on all your podcast apps and on Twitter and Instagram at gimmicks pod. How about you, Doug? You can find me all over at icky bully. I C K Y B O O L E Y search somewhere. See if I'm there. It will be me. Um, you can also find me on a podcast called novel gaming where my friend Katie and I catch up on all the books and video games and sometimes other pop culture that we've been consuming lately and victory road. It's a Pokemon podcast that my friend Kyle and I have promised we will finish uh, at some point, <laughs> but haven't yet. So I'm going to keep promoting it. Um, and, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I went off script. Uh, check out our monthly podcast, <laughs> Falling with Style. Uh, it's an ongoing Pixar movie marathon where Derek and I watched every Pixar film chronologically. Uh, look for our, all of our Falling with Style episodes, including one on Elemental, uh, the, f- the the little film that keeps on going uh, wherever you get yeah. your podcast. You can find those episodes and all of our Walloping Web Snappers episodes on our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com. And you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Walloping Web Pod or email us at Walloping Web Snappers podcast at gmail.com please rate review and subscribe on all podcast platforms because if you like what we're doing somebody else will too and they just haven't found us yet next week spider-man fights the teenage mutant angry lizards in the lizard king thank you i was very proud of that i'm really glad you said i was hoping you were hoping for that (laughs) i was very much hoping for that thank you see ya see ya